Because you know Vic Fangio is going to have some some uh, sauce cooked up for our offense. Yeah, I don't. Well, the I don't think Vic, Vic Fangio is about as in, is about as inspiring as like if Lou Holtz came out of retirement right now. Lou Holtz. Lou Holtz. So I didn't mean to hit the record button, but yeah, that's sort of a cold open. Um, episode twenty seven of average joes um we're back it is thursday so back back, and i'm telling you this weekend is going to be a win i'm i'm not waiting i'm sorry to cut off your opener i'm sorry we got to get into this because i'm excited we're winning this weekend and the division is going to be ours go ahead um that's that's a pretty strong take. Lots of AFC North news to get into. Lots of Bengals news to get into before we talk about uh, Sunday's game against the Broncos. So let's just start with sort of uh, sort of this upheaval that's happened in, in the um, AFC North race these last couple of days. Browns have 13 guys now on the COVID list this week, or maybe yeah. it's up to 22 now. Stefanski, Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry, Austin Hooper – two of their starting alignment, tons of guys out for them. So you got to think that uh, their game against the Raiders on Sunday now becomes more of a, they might lose this game, which is good for the Bengals. Um, The Ravens, maybe Lamar Jackson plays this weekend. Maybe he doesn't still don't know about that. Even if he does, don't think that they're going to beat the Packers, but focusing in on the Bengals, um, Bengals are at seven and six tied with the Browns technically in third because they've lost the tiebreaker one game back of the Ravens Ravens come to Paul Brown stadium next week. Like I said, Ravens have the Packers at home this weekend. So let's start here. What do you think the Bengals have to do over these next four weeks to win this division? Uh, so we talked about it a little in you know the last episode. Um, I think you're right. There is a way for them to only beat the Browns and the Ravens <clears throat> and get in. But the problem with that is, again, <laughs> you're, we're relying on, you know, this, the success or, you know, non-success of the Browns and the Ravens. So what I'm thinking is best case scenario, got to win this weekend. I think this weekend's a must win. Um, and we've said that basically every week, but <clears throat> I really think it is this week because, 
the Ravens are well coached enough where they could sneak one out against the Packers or the Rams. I'm not completely, you know, bought in that they lose both those games, especially if Lamar gets healthy. I think they can definitely beat the Rams because um, the Rams are kind of just so up and down. But I, I think they need to go three and one over the next four weeks. So you're yeah. saying three and one, which there's not a chance in hell. Now the way with this season is going, I have no idea, but there, I, I feel like there's no way that we beat the Chiefs. So with the way they're playing right now. Yeah, um, that's definitely the game. They, they definitely, I think, have the least chance to win over these next four weeks. I am still steadfast on the belief that um, this, although Joe Burrow came out and said in his press conference that every game from here on out is a must win, and that's what you want to hear from a team that's, you know, making that step into next year really being when the Super Bowl window opens. You want to see your franchise guys saying that games like this are must wins. And that's good to hear. I don't think this weekend is a must win. I still think that just given the way the schedules are going to shake out, I think nine and eight wins the division. And so I think if the Bengals can just beat the Ravens next week, I think that that uh, opens up the possibility for them winning, winning the division, especially because I can definitely see the Browns losing one of these games against either the Raiders or the Steelers. So yeah. uh, I don't think it's out of the question that 9-8 wins, but I think you are correct. If they win this week and, and sort of give themselves that added level of, of comfort, I guess, and then win again next week against Baltimore, then they really put themselves in a position to where – they don't necessarily have to win the last two games, uh, given what happens. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. And, I, and I think that, you know, the comfortability thing that you're talking about, it doesn't make them comfortable because they won't have that mindset, I don't think. But I think what it'll give them is, I mean, they've already kind of screwed themselves with wiggle room, if we think about it, over the, you know, a couple games this year, the Bears game, Jets game, uh, definitely last week, 49ers game. Um, the, the, the next two weeks, I think, are really big. And I think if they lose the next two games, I, the season's pretty much over, right? If, if, I think, if, I think, I think if, if they lose to Baltimore, I think the season's over. Yes. Baltimore, I am saving my must-win card for Baltimore uh, next week. Because if you lose that game, any chance of you winning the division practically goes out the window unless you can beat the Chiefs. And, and, then, and, and then you have to pray by a miracle of God that you beat Chiefs and then – somehow a team that you have the tiebreaker against makes the wild card and you get on you get it over them so that's, yeah. that's a lot of hoping yeah um, a, win, a win this week against denver would go a very long way to not only helping them with chances in the division but still keeps that door open for a wild card berth at 10 and 7 absolutely and let's think about this as well so a win this weekend plus a raven's loss which is likely yes which is likely both um <clears throat> Both will be tied. Well, okay, with the Browns probably. The Brown, I, I still think the Browns probably win. So I was just looking at this earlier. If the Bengals win, the Ravens lose, and the Browns win, the Bengals are technically in first place because they have the best division record of the three. Even though the Browns beat them? Yep, because they would all three be tied. So then the tiebreaker then goes to um, record against the division, I think. Oh, if it's three teams, that's how it goes? Yeah. Okay, um, so – if that happens, then um, Bengals are in first place in the division. It, with, 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 so basically they're in first place with a win and a Ravens loss, right? Yep. No matter what. Yep. Um, 
and then you beat the Ravens next week. I'm just doing the hypothetical for the next two weeks. Beat the Ravens next week. Then the Bengals are a game ahead of the Ravens and have the tiebreaker. So that's big. I mean, and, and also I was going to say one more thing. Sorry to cut you off, but um, I remembered why I got on the tangent. The Bengals keep saying they control their own destiny. They take care of business this weekend and next, and then next week against the Ravens. They really truly do control their destiny. But right now, I don't think they control their destiny. No, I I, I wholeheartedly believe that they control their destiny. Um, because if they win three of these four games, I think they win the division. Caveat being the two two of those wins have to be against Baltimore and Cleveland. Because if you get to five and one in the division, let's think about let's just think about this scenario for a second. The Ravens are one and three in the division right now. The Browns are two and two in the division right now. The Bengals are three and one. If the Bengals can get to five and one, they win the division at nine and eight. Um, and that's all that needs to be. How crazy is that? The Bengals will go five and one in the division um, if, if that happens. And they're only nine and eight. Yeah, it's it's giving it gives me major 2009 vibes when the Bengals swept the division and only ended up, I believe, nine and seven. Or was it ten and six? One of those two. But either I, way, either way, you have a losing minimal, record against non-division. Yeah, minimal minimal wins outside the division. So um, big game this week. Bengals are underdogs, um, and some news today. Not great news. So let's hop into that for a second. Um, first bit of news, Riley Reef headed to the IR. So he is out this week, next week, and for the Chiefs game. Earliest he can come back is against Cleveland in week 18. Um, also, was kind of talking about what's going on up front. Trey Hopkins missed practice yesterday with a non-COVID illness. Um, are you worried, especially for this weekend, against a really good Denver front? Are you worried – about the O-line this weekend? Yeah, I am worried um, because, first of all, Isaiah Prince starting a right tackle for the next three weeks is terrifying. I guess we should be scared for the O-line every week. Sorry to cut you I off. Think, yeah, I agree. I, even if Riley Reef is healthy, I'm still scared of the O-line. I mean, it's still a huge hole. Um, the, so the thing about this week is Denver's defense is really good. Their DBs are good. Their DBs are really good. Um, their pass rush is really good. Their linebackers are not too great. They're not, yeah. Um, yeah, they're not very good. Um, but the thing I'm, I'm confident with the Bengals is that if you put up 24 points, they should win this game. Like, I don't think it's going to be, you know, I, I just think the Broncos are very limited on offense. And so to kind of answer your question, I am worried about their front, but I think Joe Burrow T Higgins is balling right now. Jamar chase has had the drops, but he had a good, you know, fourth quarter last week. Um, I think this is a game where Joe Mixon bounces back and I think Joe Burrow gets it done. Um, and I think that, you know, the magic number is probably, you know, 24, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's a Denver team that doesn't really present a lot of trouble for you um, on the defensive side of the ball. Bengals being on defense, not Denver. Um, their O-line is very, very average and that's being kind. Um Bowles at left tackle is he's above average, but I am not worried at all about Trey Hendrickson getting his job done um, at his yes. spot on Sunday. Um, and, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is a solid NFL quarterback, but 
what Denver is going to want to do to the Bengals on Sunday, which the Bengals have proven that they can manage slash stop for the most part is run the ball right at you. They don't want to really take shots over the top because Teddy doesn't have really a big arm. Um, it's going to be a big Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, Noah Fant game this week. Yeah, I agree. And I think that the most important thing that the Bengals didn't do on that game-winning touchdown drive they gave up last week was like the little play-action boots. I think Denver's going to try to do that a lot with Noah Fant. Um, and, I, you know, Noah Fant is nowhere near George Kittle but I think Noah Fan is very athletic. He's probably one of the most athletic tight ends in the NFL. And that's something the Bengals really struggle with. Uh, Von Bell, you know, he's played well, but athletically, you know, I, I've kind of noticed this last three, four weeks. He's very athletically limited. Yeah. Um, and without Akeem Davis Gaither, you know, it's going to be, it, it's going to be kind of hard to guard Noah Font, but I think they'll be able to do it. Yeah. Um, and speaking of the defense, the other, really well I guess it's not that bad but we'll talk about it. Shinobi Awuja is the seventh Bengals player eighth Bengals player sidebar the Bengals have been really good at keeping guys off the COVID list this year which is has been very good um compared to other teams across the league but Shinobi Awuja goes to the COVID list without knowing if he tested positive or if he's just an unvaccinated close contact um I would assume he's not going to play on Sunday but the positive is Trey Waynes looks like he's going to get activated to the active roster um, on Sunday, which is big against a team that wants to run the ball. He is not good in coverage. Uh, he will probably get injured at some point during the game, but he can tackle and that's good. Do you think he'll make it to the game? Do you think he'll get, do you think he'll get through the um, pregame warmups? I, uh, I, I mean, it's a 50 Do you think they cut him this offseason? They have to. So, I mean, I'm sure you've looked at this. Um, 16 mil cap it next year, which is <laughs> ridiculous, first of all. Absolutely. He's the highest paid player, and he has played two, two games two in two half. years. One and a half. One and a half. Um, yeah, he, he's downright bad. So cap hit next year, 16 mil. We'll talk about this extensively in the offseason because I'm, I'm looking forward to this. This offseason for the Bengals is awesome. It's going to be awesome. But, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're in the middle of a playoff, playoff run now. Um, but, no, yeah, they, so they cut him. They'll save 11 mil. So I think he'll be gone after this year. But you're right. He can tackle well. Hopefully, just by the grace, just dear God, don't let him be on Jerry Judy, please. It, it is good to get him back for this stretch run because when you look at the offenses the Bengals are playing the next couple of weeks, save Kansas City, it's not really um, offenses that you need your top flight corners. Um, Denver, like we just said, doesn't really want to throw the ball down the field. Um, Baltimore is just so banged up offensively that I, I think it's inconsequential and, to talk about what they present. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Sorry, keep going. And Cleveland has Donovan Peoples-Jones, which he's okay. But moral of the story is it's going to be really solid to get him back. And if Awuzie is able to maybe maybe he doesn't play this week, I don't think it matters. And, and it's probably good with his foot injury if he doesn't play this week. But you get him back, you get Wayne's back. Eli Apple's been playing really well. Mike Hilton, Vernon Hargraves, Trey Flowers. 
moral of the story, you have six cornerbacks in that room right now that I think you would have a lot of faith in putting them out there and saying, this guy is not going to Darius Phillips this situation up. Yeah, I, I, and I think that's all the Bengals need. They need somebody to not mess it up too bad because they're good enough where they, they literally – I mean, how many chances did they give the 49ers last week and they still should have won? I mean, that's happened time and time again. Same with the Jets. You know, that BS, uh, lowering the helmet call. I mean, I mean, they still got to stop to win the game. Like, it just – I don't know. I think they just need to stay out of their own way. The, the, the Bengals are beating themselves. Chargers, Joe Mixon fumble. It's the same thing. They fight back, and then they just can't get out of their own way. Yeah, it is imperative for somebody in that room, offensive room, to figure out how to start games faster. Um, so we'll see what happens with that this weekend. Uh, one more note on the defense, Logan Wilson ruled out again this week, hoping to get him back for Baltimore. We'll see on that. Trey Henderson looks like he is going to be a go on Sunday, which is big, which is big. Could, um, could he get what's uh, I, uh, dang it. I, I was, I was listening to a podcast I think Trey Hendrickson is how many games away from the all-time record? Two games? I think he's four four games away. I think the all-time record's 13 straight. Okay. So he's at nine right now? Yeah. Okay. Also, I'm I'm digging the no gloves. Yeah. He is – today's trivia question is going to revolve around Trey Hendrickson because um, for – I don't exactly remember how we characterized that signing in the offseason – I don't remember it being effusive joy from either of us on that signing, but I think both of us, myself included, and a lot of Bengals fans included, have to look at that signing now and say that's probably the best free agent signing the Bengals maybe have ever made. Yeah, I would say I would. I, you could you could arguably say that. I think. You could, yeah, that's not a. I mean, technically, if we're gonna get technical here, he's not the best free agency signing ever. We signed Terrell Owens. What, what year was that? 2010. Yeah. I mean, technically he's the best free agent we've ever signed, but if you're talking like production in a Bengals uniform, I, I would probably say, you know, Trey Henderson this year. Yeah. Uh, um, so we'll get Trey Henderson in on trivia in a couple of seconds. Um, looking at this game through the lens of um, a team that wants to kind of physical you run the ball, play really good defense. Do you think that this is a game that is going to match more the pace of a Raiders game where it's kind of slow paced and it's a lot of the Bengals running the ball and the Broncos not being able to do much and the Bengals not being able to do a whole lot. And maybe the game opens up as the game goes on sort of how we saw in the Raiders game, or are you looking at this to be more of a uh, insert game here, maybe like a Packers game where it's kind of, back and forth um, with both teams kind of having equal amounts of success. And then it's, it's just kind of down to the bitter end who, who can make the play at the end. Yeah. I don't trust Eddie Bridgewater. Um, I think there's a difference when you play against Aaron Rodgers or, I mean, dare I say even like a Baker um, when the Browns play the Bengals, Baker's really good. Um, I just Baker's don't. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback if he gets to play the Bengals every week. I agree. I agree. Um, I just don't see Teddy Bridgewater having that capacity and maybe I'm just so naive. Um, but the Bengals do one thing and they, the one thing they do really well is stop the run. 
They, they stopped the run. Are they top five in rush defense? Are they fourth? They were fourth. I mean, they just stifled. They just stifled a Kyle Shanahan attack. Who, I mean, they were on everybody. Um, and the Bengals stopped them for you know minimal minimal chunks. Um, and I get you know we talked about Elijah Mitchell was out, but I mean their running backs are still good. But yeah, I, I see the Broncos trying to establish the game on the ground. It's I, I feel I feel like the whole game's gonna kind of like be that first half against the Raiders, you know, kind of slow. Um, but in the end, I trust Joe Burrow over. Bridgewater. Yeah, so looking at the DVOA stats, the Bengals are 10th against the rush in defensive DVOA against the rush, 18th against the pass. Um, Denver is 19th against the pass and 25th against the run. Those are surprising. Yes. I, yeah, I, I think also I think, you know, something that we get caught up in, um, I know I do, is we always think the Broncos defense is really good. But in reality, they've played some really bad teams. And then also, um, you know, they have Vic Fangio, who was elite, an elite defensive coordinator um, in Chicago. I really don't think their defense is that good other than their DBs. Like, I don't think their pass rushers are crazy other than Bradley Chubb. And, we'd, and, and we've faced – I'm trying to think. The last, you know, three weeks we've faced Max Crosby. No, not – no, I'm sorry. Three weeks? No, they had no Osterus who faced, um, you know, the Steelers pass rush and then uh, the Bosa's. So, yeah, Nick Bosa, TJ Watt. I think Bradley Chubb is better than any of them. Yeah, I, 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 would, I would agree with that statement. You know, the Bengals and Jonah Williams and Isaiah Prince have seen this season so far Nick Bosa, Max Crosby, TJ Watt, Miles Garrett. Um, and on down the line of, of these elite pass rushers. And you're right. Bradley Chubb is good, but he's not in that tier with those guys. And the interior of Denver's defense is a little weak. Uh, Draymond Jones might not play this week. I think he's got a foot or a leg injury, which would be big for the Bengals. Um, Shelby Harris is a solid player up front for Denver, but he's nothing special. He's nothing like um, a Casey Hampton. Uh, old Steelers guy. Um, he's nothing like an Eric Armstead for the 49ers. Um, so there's definitely a chance for this to be a Joe Mixon breakout game, like we saw against the Raiders, where it's just, you know, maybe at the beginning of the game, it's three, four yards, left, right, up the middle. And then by the second, third, and fourth quarters, you're seeing him break off those seven to eight yard runs. And in the altitude, I get that Denver gets to play in it more than the Bengals. That can really wear on a defense um, if you can just keep pounding Joe Mixon right at him. Well, that's why, you know, you, I can't believe we haven't talked about the altitude yet. I am nervous because of that reason. We The Bengals, I, I got to go back real quick here and see the last time the Bengals won in Denver because it you know, might happen in our lifetimes. Yeah. Probably like 1974. Um, I don't know. I think that it is – I don't know. I just feel like there's no way that you can watch both these teams, and I get it, the Broncos beat the hell out of the, what, the Lions last week. I just – I can't see how you look at both these teams and think that the Broncos are favored by two and a half points. I can't do it. I can't do it. Uh, well, I was incorrect. The Bengals won in Denver in 2017. Yeah, so, it was it was AJ McCarron. 
No, 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 no. It was uh, it was Andy Dalton. It was early in the season. Was it was was that other Broncos game in Cincy? The one you're thinking of was the Monday night game at the end of the season in 2015. Was that, was that in Cincy? When they lost in overtime to Denver with AJ McCarron. Um, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, was that in Cincy though? Uh, there was the one year in Cincy, which was 2014, when the Bengals beat them on Monday night. Okay, that, that's okay. That's the one I'm thinking about. Yeah, so back-to-back years they played on Monday night, um, and the Bengals won the first one, lost the second one. Moral of the story, the Bengals don't have a great history late in the season in Denver. Uh, and I looked at the weather. It's actually supposed to be gorgeous, but – it's still the altitude, so got to factor that in. But, I mean, just some of the wackiness that has always seemed to occur in some of these Bengals-Broncos games makes me think I have no idea what to expect this weekend. Oh, I have absolutely no idea what to expect. At this point in the season, uh, this season truly, because, I mean, technic- I mean, let's be honest, we've kind of been out of the NFL for the last six years. Like, we've watched every Bengals game, but we've got us so accustomed to losing and losing close games that it's just it, – we kind of became numb to it. But, you know, after seeing after this year, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen in the NFL. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, they lost to the Jets, so I don't know. According to Football Outsiders, the Bengals and the Broncos are numbers – they are the ninth and tenth most inconsistent teams in the NFL this year. So I think that really tells you all you need to know about how this game could go any one of any number of ways. You could tell me Broncos win by 15. I, I'd say, okay. You could tell me the game's tied. It goes overtime. Okay. You could tell me the Bengals win by 21. I'd say, yeah, I just, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's so hard to predict what to expect in this game. And now the fact that I'm looking at it, the Bengals have only won one time in Denver. It was 2017. I think so. Oh, wait, no, twice, three times. So the Bengals have won three times in Denver. And, um, in the 52 year history. Yeah. Wait a second. All right. I'm going to go back to this. Okay. So, yeah, the Bengals are one, two, three, and <laughs> the Bengals are three and 13 all time in Denver. Well, sounds like a number that Joe Burrow doesn't care about. That's that, I am going to look up. Bengals road records against uh, teams, and I'm going to text you the results. This has to be their lowest winning percentage on the road in any venue. I mean, you know why though? It's the altitude, I and it's not just the altitude. It's it, but it's it's the thought behind. It, it's the thought process with the altitude. They get they psych themselves out about the altitude, and I yeah. And and Geno Atkins wasn't allowed to play in the altitude, if I remember correctly. Yeah, because I think he had, he had sickness, sickness, correct? Yeah. Yeah, so maybe that played a role, but I mean they only played at Denver twice when three times when Gino was a Bengal. So I'm not particularly sure it had uh any real impact. But nonetheless, it is a game that, like we said at the beginning, 
I don't think the Bengals have to win to still have a chance at the division. I do agree that a win against a win at this point in the season against anybody will put them in a great position, but especially against a team that might be there at the end for a wild card spot. It's really good to pick up these tiebreakers and it's an AFC game, which conference record usually ends up being a tiebreaker for some of those last wild card spots. So that would be uh, equally, equally as big uh, to get a road win uh, on Sunday in Denver. So with that, um, I'll throw it to you for a prediction. Um, right now, the odds on this game are the Broncos are minus two and a half, and the total is 44. All right, I'm, uh, Bengals money line, um, <clears throat> plus 130. Um, and I'm going to go over because it's the Bengals. Um, and looking at their stats right now, combined scores this year, they're – Average is 50 points per game uh, over. And if you're going with the 44 point over to hit the last five games for the Bengals. So um, I'm going to go over and the Bengals win. All right. Um, I, I, and for the Bengals win, I couldn't tell you a score. <laughs> um, so here's the thing. I, I want to be positive. And I want to think that the Bengals are going to win this game because realistically on paper, if this game were at a neutral site, the Bengals would probably be favored. Um, but it, at the very least, it might be a pick em. This is another game where it just feels like the Bengals are going to make some sort of really stupid mistake and it's going to cost them the game. They're going to outplay Denver, I think. But I think you see a fumble. Uh, I think you see maybe a dropped interception, uh, which Jesse Bates is apparently distraught over dropping the pick six against San Francisco. So um, maybe he gets a revenge uh, game this week with Denver. I just think that right now this team is defined and it's become more than a fluke thing for these game altering mistakes that this team continues to make. So I am going to say Denver wins. I'm going to say Denver wins 23 to 19. Um, I, I just think that there is going to be a point in this game, wherever it happens that somebody for the Bengals makes a really boneheaded error and it costs some, either points for Denver, it costs the Bengals points, or it sets Denver up to win the game by just running the ball for three or four minutes. I so. will tell you this. If Darius Phillips goes out to either catch a punt or a kickoff, I'm not watching a game for the rest of the season. You know that's a lie, but it does look like it's going to be Trenton Irwin back to return kicks um, for the Bengals this week. I will say that. Anybody else. I'd rather have you or I go out there and try to catch that ball. Because at least we have an excuse. I'm not making a mill a year. Well, I think Darius Phillips has, has essentially all but sealed his fate in Cincinnati. I don't think we're going to be seeing too much of him um, both the rest of the season and going forward. They just need to get out of the way right now. Yeah. 
So I am just looking through, picking through some of the Bengals' road records. The Bengals are 0-4 on the road against the Cardinals. They're 5-10 and on the road against the Bills. They're 1-6 and on the road against the Cowboys. Um, Green Bay, they actually have a winning record at Green Bay. Who'd have thunk that? Um, and the list goes on and on. Um, we can, people can look that up themselves. Moral of the story, it feels like Denver is a house of horrors for this Bengals team. So hopefully they get off the schneid. And, you know, despite the fact that I don't, I, I just don't think the Bengals are going to win, nothing would bring me more pleasure going into Christmas weekend than for the Bengals to be sitting atop the AFC North with three games to play, two of them at home against some good competition. Yeah. No, I, I'm really big Bengals fan this week, big Packers fan. Hopefully, um, hopefully Aaron Rodgers doesn't play too well because I have Brady MVP odds, but um, yeah. So big, big Packers fans, big Bengals fans, big, big Raiders fans. We could do a lot of good um, from the other teams in the division. You know what? Just because they suck, go Titans this weekend. Beat the tar out of the Steelers. I'm a big Titans fan, too. We re- Okay, actually, though, realistically, um, the Steelers don't really matter anymore. Well, we should tell people their rooting interests, what they should be this weekend. I think um, – Tonight's game, I think the Bengals fans should be rooting for the Chiefs. Yes. I think we should be rooting for the Patriots on Saturday night. We should be rooting against every team in the AFC North. So Raiders, Packers, and Titans, as we just said. Um, And then if by some God's grace, the uh, Jets beat the Dolphins, that would also be great. But again, I I mean, looking at the Dolphins' schedule – um, they play Saints, so they play Jets, Saints, Titans, and Patriots to end the year. If they backdoor their way into the playoffs, that'd be one of the greatest stories in NFL history. I think they lost seven in a row. They are currently on a uh, let me get this right for our viewers five game winning streak. They were two and they were one and seven. Yeah. I think they lost seven games in a row. They did because they went one and zero, and then they lost seven in a row, and now they've ripped off five in a row. So if the Dolphins somehow backdoor their way into the playoffs, Patriots week one, yeah, um, that's a head scratching result for you, um, especially given where we're sitting right now. But um, lots of big, big, big games in the AFC playoff picture this weekend, starting with tonight. Um, Chiefs and Chargers, that'll be a really good game. Um, so, yeah, um, quick trivia question. I said it was going to be Trey Hendrickson related because he has been so good for the Bengals this year. Since 2000, since last season began, so the 2020 season, there are two players in the, in the entire NFL who have more sacks than Trey Hendrickson. Can you name them? In the last two years? In the last two years. Okay. Uh, Miles Garrett. He is one of them. TJ Watt. He is the other one. So. I mean, all AFC Northers. Pretty, 
Yes, it is. And Odafe Owe for the Ravens might be coming up next on that list. Um, I mean, let's just be honest with ourselves. It is the best division in football. That's not true. It is 100% true. The NFC West is, oh, the, best, is the best division. Also, if we're going to talk about real quick NFL news, real quick. How about your boy Urban? Getting- wow, yeah. That, we should take a second and take stock of that because um, I did see a great tweet this morning. And it just goes to show the – double bird attitude I'm going to be given the media when Joe Burrow wins the Bengals a Super Bowl because if I remember correctly can you correct me if I'm wrong here all I heard about before Joe Burrow got drafted was how terrible the Bengals organization was how deplorable our front office was and how inept our coaching was did you hear those same things or was I imagining that no no um, I still hear them um, so, so my curiosity was peaked when in the lead up to last year's draft, I did not hear any sort of that thing from about Jacksonville. Well, it's because they made a couple of wild card appearances with David Garrard. Um, and then people don't forget that, but somehow people forget the Bengals have won three division titles in the last 11 years. I'm saying things to say things. I mean, who am I? I'm a regular average Joe who hosts a podcast. Also, the national media on the, on the Browns has, I don't hear anything about the Browns not winning a playoff game for, you know, they won one last year. I get it. Get the monkey off your back, but that doesn't make them a good franchise. Or, and I love, I love our friend Clay and I I will be in the Windy City uh, next year. I don't, I don't ever hear anything the about Bears, the dysfunction. The Bears stink. I don't hear anything about the dysfunction in the Bears organization. So the moral of that story, that tangent, before I want to get back to this urban thing, is it sort of kind of feels like Cincinnati is the easy target. It is the easy target. Um, and so you know what? When – I've, I, I've just flipped my opinion, not on this weekend's game, but on this season in general. When the Bengals win a playoff game this year, um, there is going to be – somebody should keep me off Twitter the night that that happens because there is going to be wrath being typed by my fingers into my phone. Um, our good friend Jake Steen might, uh, might join you. Um, also, Mike Florio of NBC Sports – We'll be getting a handwritten letter from me um, if the Bengals win a playoff game this year. Oh, there will be several handwritten letters going out after the Bengals beat the Chargers at Paul Brown Stadium uh, on January 15th on the Saturday afternoon slot. There will be a nice handwritten letter sent to, among others, Mike Tannenbaum. Um, Let me just – I just got a whole hit list here. Uh, sort of just thinking on the fly here. Um, Mike Greenberg, uh, Keyshawn Johnson, he can get one. Jay Williams, he had some bad things to say. Mike Florio, as you said. Um, Bill Cower, I, I respect Bill Cower, but um, – He's got that bias anyway. I think it's time he gets a letter. Maybe Terry Bradshaw might get a letter from me. But Nate Burleson. He, oh, he Nate Burleson, yeah. Phil Sims is definitely getting a letter from me. 
What about Chris Sims too? Can we throw Chris Sims in there? Chris Sims will get a letter. Uh, Adam Archuleta can get a letter. Um, I think I'm going to have lots of ink stains on my hand um, once these letters start flying. So, and then they'll and they'll they'll send you one right back when the Bengals finish the year at at uh, seven and ten. So uh, well, that's why I'm holding all of it until they win that playoff game, and then it's just a full cavalry charge at the national media from from 94 East Lane Avenue in Columbus, Ohio. Um, but back to the urban thing. Who do you think that Jacksonville is going to hire as their head co- next head coach? Um, Doug Peterson, former Eagles coach. I've I've heard it, it, it's really hot right now. I've been reading it on Twitter, so. That's a curious name. I could also see him in the mix for the Bears opening if, or Eric, if they ever fire Matt Nagy. Yeah, I agree. Or uh, Eric Bieniemy, or Brian Dable, uh, offense coordinator from the Bills. What about Byron Leftwich, the old Jags quarterback? I'm not a big believer in Byron Leftwich because I firmly believe this. I could be the offensive coordinator for Tom Brady right now, and he'd still play well. Well, I think it's I think it's obvious that Tom basically runs the offense however he wants to run it. That's like Peyton Manning. It was like when um, I'm blanking. Um, offensive coordinator for the Colts all those years. Turn um, Adam Gase. Oh Adam, God. Adam Gase didn't call plays. Peyton Manning called plays. Damn I think it. it was I think it was pretty evident who was the mastermind in that room once. By the way, Adam Gase now down at the Nick Saban Rehabilitation Center in, in Tuscaloosa for coaches. Um, well, yes. Also, uh, is he is he uh, an offensive assistant? I think he's an analyst. Maybe he's watching Saban's car as we speak. Um, yeah, for 700K a year. <laughs> yeah. You, do you think Urban goes back to college? Uh, I think he takes a couple years off. I think that USC job would have been awesome for him. Oh, all those health problems he has. Huh. Well, Southern California really helps those health problems. Yeah, a fat paycheck will really help those problems. No, he's going to go somewhere and be good. I don't know where. I don't. I I think his shtick has worn out in college. Not that he won't be able to recruit, but Urban, the last couple of years at Ohio State, and you remember these as, as well as I do, his teams were not national title contenders his last four years at Ohio State. I mean, yeah. He made the playoff in 16, um, but, I mean, he runs he runs that offense with, with a QB, and, and he's just got a very 10 years ago view of, of how offenses run in college football. Well, it was kind of like the end of Jim Trestle's, you know, end, end of the Jim Trestle. It was kind of like – it was kind of outdated. Yeah, yeah. So, we'll see. I think the one thing to watch for could potentially be – if Florida State, after losing that number one recruit, if Florida State maybe not not now, but after next season moves on from Mike Norvell, I could definitely see her. Back. That's not even Mike. Did you see the Barstool guys had a fire Mike Norvell? And it's the reason why he flipped was because of Barstool. It's just funny. Um, yeah, that has nothing to do other than money. That absolutely nothing to do other than money. So yeah, that kid's gonna make the league anyway. He's already. Super, super talented. I mean, it'd be like if Derek Stingley went to, you know, Jackson State or something. So, yeah. So that about does it for this episode. I don't got a whole lot else to say. What do you got? One more. Um, This week in fantasy in our fantasy league, 
decides who gets the third pick and the fourth pick in the first round between you and I. So we're not tanking, but we ain't trying to win. That's all I'm, that's all I'm going to say. I, I cannot believe that you are not trying to win these games. I started, I started the Lions defense last week. And they got me negative three points. Can you believe so that? Funny. So everybody in our fantasy league has been, you know, judging you for starting the Lions defense. I started them about four weeks ago and nobody noticed. I started no, we them. noticed. We I noticed. started them and, and the Jets kicker. Oh, that's Just a good idea. Here's the thing. All eyes are on me now, so I got to start a full lineup or I'm going to be screwed. I think I might start um, Ryan Santoso this week for the Lions. <laughs> what about Samaj P. Ryan? RB1. Maybe I'll pick up Jared Goff and start him this week. I think I'm going to bench Mahomes tonight. <laughs> and yeah, I think I'm going to bench Mahomes tonight and play Teddy Bridgewater. All right, I got to get on the on the waiver wire and pick some people up um, <laughs> to make sure. But I also don't want Buzz to make the playoffs. You're not winning regardless, brother. So. I don't know. The Dolphins' defense is getting at least 30 this week. Uh, Zach Wilson's kind of back. No, he's not. <laughs> And now Elijah Moore's out, so he has nobody to throw to. Quit, quit it, quit the. I heard, I heard they signed you to play tight end this week, over Ryan Griffin. Well, they tried to offer me, but I told him I'd rather sit on my couch and drink Bush Light and watch the game. So, yeah, I don't blame you. What would you rather do, right? I mean, that's just an ultimate rock and a hard place decision. A thirty k game check or sit on my couch and drink thirty thirty thousand Bush Lights. Yeah. Just kidding, Mom. If you're listening to this point, I definitely didn't drink that many beers this weekend. Not 30,000. I mean, 30, though. (laughs) Oh, God, that's enough. Because if I keep my mouth running, something bad is going to be said. Um, So, Bengals-Broncos, Sunday at 4.05. Big game, um, as it is at any point in this – at this point in the season, every game is a big game. So um, we shall see. We'll be back with you next week um, with a little holiday cheer. And soon, I'm going to tease it, uh, soon we're going to get our only guest that has ever appeared in Average Joe's history. We're going to get him back on the podcast soon. Whether that's next week or the week after, we'll have to check his busy schedule. But we will get him on the podcast um, revisit some of our preseason talk, and we will hopefully be talking about playoff positioning in the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for Bengals Broncos Sunday at four. Um, this is a big game. This is a big game. Um, and with that, I got nothing else. Good day. Good day, and go Bengals.